0: This is a free download from Delancey Elan Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elan Church building at the Banks in Sampson in the Channel Island of Guernsey To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at bit I've been talking about the heart. And, and uh, not last week, the week before, we looked at the... The, the, the circumcision of heart and how important our heart is everything kind of flows from our heart every single thing really we achieve or do in life is really down to the condition of our heart that's why I want to spend over these next few weeks really helping us to sort of understand the power and the importance of the heart the reality is we are all, the, all, all that contributes to where we are and what we're doing always down to really the condition of our hearts it really, really is such a vital thing the decisions you make, everything in life really is down to really your heart, the condition of your heart. And I think it's important that we learn to know our hearts. Often, a lot of people don't really know their hearts. They really don't know their hearts. And they often get caught up with things that's not really their gifting or not really their ability because they don't really know what their hearts are. And so I think it's vital that we really know our hearts. And so the next few weeks, we'll be doing all these various things about about. Various attributes of the heart. Uh, last week, or the time before, we looked at the, the, the circumcision of heart. And we looked at the, the fact of what the heart is. The heart the inner man. It comes from the Hebrew word, habab, which means that the midst, the innermost part. The, 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 really, the, the person who you really are inside, the, your inner heart, your, your inner man, all that makes up the core of your being. That's your heart. And we looked at last time about the circumcision of heart. Reality is that when we get saved, when we become Christians, we have a brand new heart. Can you say amen? But here's what happens. Often through life, through circumstances, through various things that happen, our hearts can become hard. Certain things can harden our hearts. Unconfessed sin can harden your hearts. Unbelief can harden your heart. An offended heart can harden. When when we get offended, when we get wounded, certain things come through life, if you like, unexpected things, all kinds of things happen and it results in our hearts getting hard. And it can happen to any one of us. And I'm sure every one of us has been in a place where at times our hearts have got hard. And that's what the Bible says, harden not your heart and so we looked at last time about circumcision of heart is where God cuts away the flesh, where he cuts away the the things that harden our hearts and I said the key to it is repentance where we repent of those things that have caused the heart to get hard and repentance allows God to bring his knife and to cut away the wounds the hurts, the stuff that's hardened our heart and he, he cuts it away by his knife separated, it, cuts it aside so our hearts remain tender and soft before him and the most vital thing you can have is a soft and tender heart. amen. this morning I want to look at the hungry heart, not the hungry horse, the hungry heart <sighs> okay psalm forty two verse one look at two two psalms psalm forty two As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for your God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Psalm 63 verse 1. O oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. I want to talk about having a hungry heart. I want to talk about really having an intense desire for God. And David really was saying in this psalm that was really... There's things around me that that don't satisfy. There's nothing in this world that will satisfy me. I'm in a dry and I'm in a weary land. I found this often when dissatisfaction comes with the things of this world and and the things of life and we get dissatisfied and we get desperate and we get hungry. Those are always signs of revival. They really are. The, The real sign... The real condition for revival is having a hungry and desperate heart. History tells us that often people can be controlled until they get hungry, and when people get hungry, that leaders of that nation are kind of I really have to watch out. I think that the greatest attributes of a spiritual life, is hunger. And we're not going to see much happen without hunger for God. I think on the day of Pentecost, there were 120 very, very hungry people. Can you say amen? How do I know they were hungry? Because the Bible says they were filled. And you can't get filled until you first get hungry. And I've often found, often in the things of this life, that, But God is not mechanical. We often get this idea that God's kind of mechanical. He has certain times, certain dates, and He's mechanical in the way He operates. But I actually find more and more that, that often God responds to dates and promises by, first of all, the Holy Spirit prepares people's heart to be hungry for that promise to come to pass. Best example is, Daniel. The Bible says he read through the book of Jeremiah and he knew after 70 years that the people would be released from captivity. And that created within him a hunger for that promise to be fulfilled. And out of the hunger of Daniel, his prayer, his desperation, his heart cry to God, God fulfilled his promise. So God always responds to a Hungry hearts. And before God moves, before God does anything often, the first sign, the first evidence is, is that people are hungry for God to come and God to do something. When a person gets hungry, he will get desperate and he will do anything to see that hunger fulfilled. you know that? And I think the Bible is full of lots of people. I think of Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus that we are told, was hungry to be healed. He was so hungry, he shouted out at the top of his, of his voice, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And people told him to be quiet. People told him to shut up. People could not cope with the desperation that cried out from his heart. He was so desperate, the Bible says, he threw off his garments. Often in those days, a beggar would have to have a garment to show that, you know, he could be supported in that way. And he threw off that which would bring him support. Because he was so hungry, so desperate for his healing. I think of the lady with the issue of blood. And the Bible says she was so desperate to receive a touch from God. She would spent all that she had on physicians. And she was desperate And she was so desperate, she pressed through a crowd. She was so desperate that she touched the hem of Jesus' garment. And Jesus said, who has touched me, virtue has flown out of me. And he says, Lord, there are many people around who have touched you. He says, one person has touched me with hunger and desperation. And because of that virtue, well, the word virtue means anointing. In other words, the hunger of this woman drew on the, on the anointing of Jesus to come and heal her. I think of the men who wanted to get their friend to Jesus to be healed. and they Can you imagine? They ripped, his, they ripped some man's roof apart. Can you imagine that? That you rip someone's roof apart so you can lower someone down. And he would say that's desperation. I think of Zacchaeus, who was desperate to see Jesus climb a tree. And throughout the Bible, there were desperate people. And there's the the common denominator in all of them. You know what the common denominator is? They all receive from God. That's the common denominator. In other words, when you are hungry, God will respond. Heaven responds to hungry hearts. Heaven responds to people who are hungry and people who are desperate. The Bible says that God is going to shake the nations and I think one of the reasons God shakes nations is because he shakes away the things that, that often hinder us and hold us back from allowing God to come and meet us in that kind of place of life. Let me just read you, I think it's a great quote from A.W. Tozer. How many have heard of A.W. Tozer? This book is called, it's a quote from the book called Pursuit of God. And I'd recommend, if you've never read that book, read that book, The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer. This is what he says, he the one deliberately to encourage the mighty lungs after God. The lack of it has brought us to our present lower state. The stiff and the wooden quality about our religiousness, religious lives, is a result of our own lack of holy desire. Complacency is a deadly foe of our spiritual growth. Acute desire must be present, and there will be the manifestation of Christ to his people. He he waits to be wanted. I love that. Too often, he waits and waits and waits. So long, he waits in vain. This powerful picture of desiring God. Spiritual appetite is often related to to appetite. Spiritual hunger is related to, to appetite. Often, to, in order to see your, your spiritual hunger, you often need to see where your appetite is. I remember, some of you probably know this, but I don't know if you remember when you're kind of, I remember when I was kind of young, and my mum would cook on Sunday always roast dinners. Always had roast dinners on Sunday. And sometimes if I ever kind of never finished it or couldn't eat it, she'd always know, she'd always say this, if you've been eating sweets... <laughs> Because she knew that if I ate sweets, it would take away my hunger. That I wouldn't be able to finish it because I'd eaten sweets, you know, crisps or Mars bars or whatever else stuff kind of stuff we eat. And it, it'd take away my hunger. And here's the issue I want you to see. So often, actually I always remember when someone invited us, we went to see, see, I went to see two people, I went to see some people, and I didn't realise that the first person I knew was getting a meal ready for us. But I didn't realise the second person also had a meal for us. So we'd had this meal, went to the second person, and she had this meal right there prepared for us. So within the space of two hours, we had to eat six courses. I was no hunger whatsoever. But here's the point. It's not that we're not hungry. The problem is, it's what we are hungry for. Because if we fill ourselves with other things... Then we're not going to be hungry for God. We're almost going to be eating spiritual junk food, you know, our Mars bars, our spiritual crisps. And so, if we're eating other things, feeding off other things, then we're not really going to be hungry for God. In other words, it's not that we're not hungry, it just means that we're filling that hunger with other things. Other things have come into our appetite, if you like, and which has taken away our appetite and our desire for God. Other things allow us to get, have taken away our hunger for God. And it could be a hundred and one things. could be other things have captured our affections. Other things have captured our time. Other things have just got, crept into our life. And the more of these things that have got in, we've lost our appetite and our desire for God. Other things have removed our hunger. Bible says, taste and see the Lord is good. Taste and see the Lord is good. I found this when you encounter God, when you really taste of God. When you truly encounter Him, you'll never be the same again. And the more you taste of God, the more you encounter God, the more you want of Him. When you've tasted of His goodness, the more of His goodness you want. When you've tasted of His Holy Spirit, the more of His Holy Spirit you want. When you've tasted of His power, the more of His power you want. When you've really tasted the things of God, you are more and more and more. And spiritual hunger is something that has to be cultivated. Here's the truth, isn't it? You are what you eat. Ever heard that saying? If all you ever eat is junk food. You know, if all you ever eat is your Mars bars, your Salt and vinegar crisps, or your, your, your what else do we have? Uh, you are? KFC, yeah, like KFCs, McDonald's. That's the stuff if that's all you ever or your pizzas for long you already talked about this. <laughs> if that's all you ever eat, you actually physically aren't going to be very well. it's gonna physically damage you. And I think it's the truth spiritually. If we eat the wrong things spiritually, we're gonna be spiritually weak. What is kind of if all we do is just feed off the things of this world, its influences and its values and attitudes, we just feed off TV and internet if we just pursue our own interests we have no time for God we don't pray we don't spend time on his word we are going to be spiritually undernourished and here's the thing that when the crisis comes when the problems comes when the storms of life rise up we've got no spiritual strength to face it because we'd be feeding off the wrong things you say amen what's junk food spiritual junk food Unforgiveness is spiritual junk food. Bitterness is, un, is spiritual junk food. Wrong speaking, disobedience, negativity, worry, idols, things that we put before God. All that is bad spiritual food that is going to make you spiritually weak. What's good food? Walking in love. That's a great food to have. Walking in love. Meditating on the Word. Being generous. Worshipping. Going into spending time in God's presence. I like to put it this i Have ever heard this? Five a day. They tell you to have five a day. Five things a day. And I was thinking, here's your five a day. Meditation on the Word. Prayer. Praise. Gratitude. Being generous. In other words, you look every single day of an opportunity to bless someone in some way. It doesn't have to be something huge, but just in some way, an encouraging word. Some way you want to bless people. Some way you want to encourage people. Have your five a day. And if you would have your five a day, you're going to be strong. Amen? Because you're feeding on the right stuff. It's going to give you that strength that you need. And here's the real issue today. Are there things that are so much taking up your time that you've got no time for God? Are there wrong affections that are pulling you away from God? Are there things that are taking preeminence in your life? Are there people who have wrong influences on your life that are drawing you away from the things of God. And here's the thing. It's recognizing those things that take away our spiritual hunger and being willing to cut those things away from our life. We're saying, that thing is robbing me of hunger. That thing is robbing me from desire for God and I'm going to cut that thing away from me. Because I want to be passionate. I want to be hungry. I want to be on fire for God. And I'm not going to let anything pull me away from Him. See, hunger is a sign of spiritual maturity. Have you ever thought about that? See, physically, if I lose my appetite, that's a sign there's something physically wrong with me. Is that right? If I lose my hunger and my intense desire for God, that is evidence. There is something spiritually wrong with my heart. Something somewhere is wrong. Something needs to be cut away. Something needs to be addressed. Something needs to be dealt with. Because I measure the maturity of my life by the affections of my heart. What I truly desire for. I think one of the great writers, and I love reading his works, a guy called Jonathan Edwards. And Jonathan Edwards wrote so much about the affections of the heart, and he saw the affections of the heart really measured your 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 spiritual maturity. What your affections are. What I mean by that is, if the affections, if you've got true God affections, you know what you're going to want to do. You're going to want to worship God. We we shouldn't have to squeeze it out of you or force it out of you. It's a natural affection of a heart that's hungry for God. Is that right? And natural affections of the heart means I want to love people. I want to forgive people. I want to bless people. Because those are natural affections that a hungry heart has. I want to tell people about Jesus because that is a natural affection that comes in my heart through hunger for God. And the moment I lose my hunger for God, those affections aren't very strong in me. See, Correct spiritual eating will produce the nine fruits of the spirit. That's how the nine fruits of the spirit are produced. They are produced by right eating. Bad eating means you produce the nine, the seventeen works of the flesh. How many want to produce the fruit of the spirit or the works of the flesh? It depends on what you are eating. Psalm eighty-four. Turn me to Psalm eighty-four. So what we're saying today is put your life under scrutiny. Are you feeding off spiritual junk food? That doesn't nourish you. That leaves you spiritually empty. Again, I love Psalm 84. How lovely is your tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes it even faints, for the court of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out to the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my God and my King. Oh, that's so amazing because think of the power of those words. Yearning and longing and fainting. They're powerful hunger words, aren't they? The, the words that describe hunger. And David carried a revelation that God is attracted and responds to the cry of hunger. That's why David is defined as a man after God's own heart. Because of his true longing and hunger for God. And he says there, my soul... Longs after God. Your soul is your mind, your emotions, and your will. What does it mean for my mind to long after God? And I think it means, when it says my mind longs after God, it means that I, I'm tired of the old, condemning, negative thoughts. I hunger. For revelation of God's thoughts towards me. I hunger to see how God sees me. I hunger for his thoughts, his affections towards me. I hunger for that. I hunger to know God's action plan for my life. What does it mean to be emotionally hungry? It means you don't want to live any longer with feelings of guilt and pain and torment. You're hungering for joy. You're hungering for peace. You're hungering for emotional stability. Is that right? What does it mean for your will to hunger after God? It means you hunger for God's will because His will is always higher and greater for yours. You're hungering for something higher than what you have for yourself because God's agenda, God's plan, God's destiny for your life is far greater than than you could ever dream for yourself. Can you say amen? And he says, I hunger, my soul longs for your courts. I long as the key for the altar of God. What does that mean? The altar is the place where you kind of lay things down. David's saying, I love those moments when I lay aside those things that stop my hunger. Those things that rob me of my hunger and desire for God I long for those moments to come to the altar and lay those things down. To cut those things off from my life. Whatever that is, whatever that hinders God's desire, God's hunger. I want to remove and cut that from my life. Amen? That's what I hunger to do. Let's look at another verse. Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. So he humbled you Allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make known, make either he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You the word manna means. It means what is it? That's what it means. It actually, means what is it? In other words, when they ate manna from heaven, they thought, what is this? And for 40 years, they never really knew what it was. They said, what is it? They didn't know what it was. Kind of weird, isn't it? What is it? For 40 years, they didn't know, even know what it was. And God said, out of that sense of, of mystery, it will cause you to hunger for the true bread. In other words, that I think there's this sense that there's, there's a mystery that, that causes us to, to desire and hunger for God. Sometimes we are looking for explanations for everything. But it's out, of our, it's out of those ties that we don't quite understand why this is happening to me. That it causes us to, to press in to get a higher revelation. Because there's the point what God is trying to say. He's trying to say, look, as long as you're looking to natural means for your answers, you're never going to get a true revelation of what I can do. And how I can change your circumstance. You've been looking to, to bread, natural, natural doing, your natural ability, your natural strength. And the more you look to that, it actually stunts your hunger. But when you look to me, you'll realize this. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It's this is kind of weird way in a sense. The Bible says God hides himself. The best way I describe is this. Did you ever pray hide-and-seek with your children? You know, what you, you know what you did when you played hide-and-seek with your children? You, you did it in such a way so they'd find you. Because you don't want to, you don't want to hide such a way. And, and, and for hours and hours, it goes on for hours and hours. And so you stick a foot out. or You, you, you make some, some way that that's where you are so they find you. And that's rather like God. He can't kind of hide himself, yet reveal something of himself so that you will pursue him so you will search for him so that you will get hungry for him. Amen. You get hungry for God. And he's saying that don't allow natural things. Don't base your life on the way things outwardly look. When things are going well, don't let that rob you of your appetite. Don't base your life on, on your feelings, on your circumstances but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. In other words, be hungry to hear from God. Amen. Be hungry to hear a now-reamer word from God. I believe God wants to speak to you. He wants to speak a now-reamer word. And we have to be hungry enough to want to receive that now word. Whatever you're facing, whatever your circumstances are, God has got a now word for you. It may be a word that you've that you heard a thousand times, but suddenly now there's a new power behind it. There's a new understanding behind it. It comes fresh to you. It comes anew to you. It's a fresh word from heaven. And the only way you ever receive a fresh word from heaven is you've got to be hungry for it. And say, God, I'm facing a difficulty here. I need a fresh word from you about what to do. I need a fresh word in that circumstance. I need a fresh word in that situation. I need a fresh word from heaven because I can't live by natural means alone. i got to get a word from God. Can you say amen? Let me read you one of the scriptures. One Psalm 107. And we are hungry for a word from God. One word from him will change your life forever. How many found that? Everything changes. The circumstances may not change, but the moment you've heard God, it changes everything. It really does. Just, just one word from God, and, you, and no matter how much the circumstances are, everything changes the moment you receive a word from God. Psalm 107. i read a few verses. Look at verse 4 to begin with. They wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distress. Go down to verse 33. He turns rivers into wildernesses. The water springs into dry ground. A freeful land into barrenness for the wickedness of those who dwell in it. He turns the wilderness into pools of water and dry land into water springs. Then he makes the hung- there he makes the hungry dwell, that they may establish a city for a dwelling place. So he led them into the wilderness. They were looking for a place to live. And really it shows why God values hunger. Because what hunger does, it's actually connected to humility. We're going to look at having a humble heart next week, but hunger is always connected to humility because what hunger does, and as as we read in that psalm, it causes the people to become dependent on God. When you lose your hunger, you lose that sense of being dependent on God. You begin to trust other things. You begin to put your dependency on other things. And God says, as long as the people were in a place of hunger, they became dependent on me and me alone. Isaiah 29, I haven't got time to go into it, but it says that through hunger, people receive dreams. That's powerful. Through the hunger of their hearts, the people receive dreams. When you lose your hunger, there's no advancement. You lose your ability to dream. You lose your ability to have visions. Often the result of no hunger means no vision, no dreams. The dreams that you had, the vision that burnt in your heart, slowly deteriorate as you lose your hunger. It's hunger that really stirs vision up. It's hunger that really stirs up dreams and, 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 and vision in your heart. You know what that is? Because hunger is something that is motivational. When you're hungry, it motivates you. It motivates you to go for the dream. It motivates you to leave your comfort zones. It motivates you to to leave where you feel secure. It's such a motivating force. It pushes you to do things that you would never normally do. We don't know true hunger in in this world, but in this country, in this nation, in, in Guernsey, In the Western world, we don't know true hunger. But in the third world, where true hunger exists, you'll be amazed at lengths people go to get food. I remember years ago when I was in Kenya, people would go to rubbish tips to find food. They would go to extremities because they were so hungry, so desperate for food. And when you get hungry, when you get desperate, it motivates you. To fulfill your dream, to fulfill your vision, to go to any lengths to see that hunger satisfied. It will cause you to pray in a way you've never prayed. Isn't that true? So, in a crisis, in a storm, when you face an overwhelming circumstance, isn't it true you pray like you've never prayed before? Isn't that right? When you're really facing something, you pray like you never prayed before. You pray with all your energy, with all your strength. Because you're so desperate to see a change in that situation. Desperate people do desperate things. And that's why God says, if we would just keep hungry, if we would keep desperate, there's, no, there's, no, there's nothing you would not do to see revival, for example. If you're hungry for revival, you will go to any lengths. You will pay any price because you're so desperate and so hungry to see revival. You've got loved ones that aren't saved. Let God create a desperation in you that you'll go to any lengths. You do all that is needs to be done to see them come to Jesus because you're hungry see a change if you need a breakthrough in life then you do all that you need all your energy, everything you have you're putting to seeing that breakthrough in life that's why the hungry see amazing things happen notice what it says there God says I will give a city to the hungry and, and that struck me dare I put it this way God says, I will, give an, I, I will give an island to the hungry. I will give Guernsey to the hungry. You know the people are going to really see Guernsey turned around. is isn't necessarily going to be someone who's got some clever idea or clever method. It's going to be people that are hungry. Because people who are hungry connect to divine purpose. Because they won't be satisfied with what they obtain. I think God wants to release favor. He wants to inf- release influence. And he will release it on the hungry. Hunger pulls heaven down. It changes environments. My hero, Smith Wigglesworth, sorry to mention him again, you know what? he was so hungry for God. And the story is told that one day he was on a train. Never said anything, just sat on the train. And this man fell on his knees and said, Sir, you convict me of my sin. In other words, because he was so hungry for God, he changed the atmosphere wherever he went. And I believe we can have that same effect, amen? If we're hungry enough, we can bring heaven's atmosphere into our own situation. And we'd love to see that. People just saying, I want what you've got. You've got something. There's an influence. There's something there. And I yearn for what you have. The hungry are going to see that kind of result come down. And very quickly as I finish, let me just give you four keys really to develop a culture of hunger. And I'll just go through these very quickly. Here's the first thing. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you desire. Say, Lord, make me hungry. Make me hungry. Desperate for you. And how many know God knows how to put a hunger in your heart? Second thing is, give your attention to God. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and He gives you what? The desires of your heart. Whatever you give your attention to is where your desires will be. I want you to see that. If I start giving my time, my attention to God... It's not going to be too long because hunger starts to rise up in me again. See, whatever I give time to, whatever I give attention to, whatever I give my, my resources to, that's what I'm hungry for. Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So if I give my time, my attention, my resources, my priority to God, that's going to cause hunger to stir up within me. Amen. Third thing is, obey God the revelation you receive. Every act of obedience always brings a fresh move of God. When you do something that's difficult, it's amazing how spiritual hunger is stirred up within you. Here's the fourth and final thing, and it's a big one. Have an eternity mindset. Have you ever thought about this? Sometimes we can give our time, our resources, our energy to things that, boom, are gone in a moment. That's right? Things that may be very important to you now are not going to be very important to you in eternity. Things that you give time, energy, all those kind of things are going to be over in a moment. I don't think one of us is going to say, I wished I'd have spent more time at work. Amen? I don't think one of us is going to say, I wish I'd have spent more time watching soaps. When eternity comes, those things are going, mean, mean, are going to mean zelch. Someone asked Billy Graham once, they said, if you could have your time over again, what would you do? I'd have thought he would have said, I wish I could have done more crusades. You know what he said? He said, I wish I'd have prayed more. I really wish I'd have spent more time with God. And I tell you, when you get a kind of a revelation, when you understand the... The awesomeness and the, and an eternity kind of gets in your heart, and and you begin to say, really, it's all about really, ultimately about eternal values. It changes your heart. It changes the things you go after in life, because now you have a focus on eternity. Isn't it amazing? We very rarely hear today about eternal things. Eternity is almost a thing we don't even mention, and yet the Bible's full of it. Build your treasures in where? In heaven. Set your mind on things that are above. Have an eternity perspective. And it will create within you an incredible hunger. Let me close by saying this that maybe you're here today and you say, you know what? I've kind of lost my hunger for God. Maybe it's too late for me. And I want to encourage you this morning. If you today will cultivate a real hunger for God. God could do in one year what has taken you ten years before. He can accelerate things. Nothing's wasted. If you could say from this moment on, I am going to have a hunger for God. God could accelerate. This year could be the greatest year of your life. He could do more in this one year than he's done in ten years before because God will accelerate things for those that are what? Hungry of heart, I believe hunger of heart is the most important thing that we can cultivate in life. From that God res- heaven responds if you 're not hungry, then you 're not going to see very much of God. Little glimpses here and there, but if you 're hungry, Jesus said, Blessed are those that hunger." and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be truly satisfied. Unless we hunger for the right things, we will never be truly satisfied in the depths of our heart. Let me say, God, I want to hunger for you. Let's just come before him right now in these moments. Say, God, today stir up a hunger in my heart for you. Help me to be truly hungry for the things of the Spirit. Truly hungry for God. Grant to me, O Father, a hungry heart. And maybe right now there's a sense that there's certain things I've got to cut away from my life. Those things are quenching the hunger. They are just diminishing the hunger in my heart for God. They've kind of got a hold of my heart, got a hold of my life, and they're diminishing my hunger for God. And I want to encourage you in these moments to ask God to stir up hunger inside you. Because cities and amazing things are laid up for the hungry. I think God can change an island through a group of hungry people. It can change nations. It can change cities. It can change all kinds of things through a hungry heart. Say, Lord, stir up in me today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My soul yearns and cries out to the living God. That's how God responds. Not necessarily to some Good theological prayer, but a heart that cries out to Him in desperation. God will always respond from heaven to that kind of prayer. Just say, "God, today, oh, stir up that hunger in me." Because I really say this, really from the depth of my being today. That without true hunger, and that's the way you measure your spiritual life. Refuse to measure your spiritual life by any other any other measurements. Don't measure it by any other way except by your hunger. Measure it by that level. Then you, you know where you are in a spiritual way by, by your hunger. So God stir up. Father, we, we thank you today, God, that you stir up hunger in us. And we want to be hungry for you. Hungry for your presence. Hungry for your word. Realizing that we can't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And we thank you, Lord, for all the, the wonders, all the amazing things that await people who are hungry for you. And we want to be a people that's hungry. Hungry for your presence. That we want to be as David, thirsting and hungering after you as a deer pants for the water. Lord, we want to ask you today, would you stir up incredible hunger in our hearts? that we will be in that position to receive all that heaven wants to to pour out upon us. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads or to contact us, please visit our website at DelanceyElam.co.uk.